Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mister. This week, I have the pleasure of speaking with Mister. Eric Ta about what has kept him in this work, cultural anthropology, and why it's so important to prepare yourself emotionally as well as setting boundaries between you and the kiddos. Admitting this year has been tough, it's difficult for some, but I appreciate the authenticity of Mr. Ta. Thank you once again, always, for listening in, and this is The Chronicles of Mr. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Chronicles of Mr., I am Mr. Pierre, and I am joined by a person who I get to work with on the daily and a person who I really have been looking forward to having this conversation with. Um, I know him as Eric Ta. The kiddos know him as Mr. E. Mr. Ta, Eric, Mr. E, nice to have you on the podcast. Be on the show, be on this podcast, and I'm excited to jump into some conversations with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to chopping up with you. Um, the first question I just like to ask everyone who comes through is just how did you get into education? What brought you to, to education? Yeah, I've been in education for most of my life in one way or another. I was one of those um, cousins that didn't have any other siblings. And my older cousins were a few years older than me. And then my younger cousins were a few years younger than me. So I was a tweener. And I always had to watch my younger cousins at uh, big family gatherings. And then eventually segued into uh, working at a kids club in LA Fitness. And then in college, I did a part-time after-school program with sports and uh, did a couple things related to that. Boys and Girls Club, coached the inner city team. We were pretty good. That was a great experience. And then... uh, I went back into marketing, which was closer to my, my degree in communication for a few years in the corporate realm and just couldn't hang. That was not for me. Fluorescent lights weren't for me and uh, tried to switch it up freelance in the creative arts, videography. And uh, that was also tough to, to keep a constant financial situation going. So when GCS popped up I saw the opportunity and I it was something that was comfortable with in my 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 wheel and uh my wheelhouse and I jumped on it's been a really good experience there's been some ups and downs but um it's been overall a great experience with this community cool, cool, cool. so if I'm understanding correctly listening to what you've you said it sounds like you've always been a mentor of some sort for kiddos from kids at the LA fitness, the boys and girls club, there's been some shape or form, you know, like you said, a tweener having younger cousins and whatnot. There's always been you reaching back and helping those who are a a bit younger than you. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been one of those kids that was, you know, misunderstood or a little bit troubled or a little hyperactive growing up and uh, growing up in a, in a white suburb. And playing sports as a Asian American kid that wasn't that tall back in the day, you know there was a lot of marginalization, a lot of experiences I've had that created angst. And uh, I've always 
felt comfortable connecting with those type of kids and dispelling advice and kind of helping guide them on in ways that maybe some other teachers, educators don't necessarily uh, connect with. Right. Um, what kind of sports did you, I know one of them, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang, that, that died. That's, it's still, it's still lingering. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. It's yeah, it hurts. I, I'm waking up in the middle of the night with the, with the, the sword <laughs> there. So I'm concerned, but uh, first love was basketball. Obviously uh, I've been playing that club sports, you know, for since I was, 10 or 11 and uh ran track uh played baseball at a high level and dabbled with volleyball and in high school I concentrated on basketball and track and field and then saw the the bright lights of football and transitioned to that to end my my high school career what position in football oh played corner didn't like hitting people but I was fast and athletic so they made me wow and it, yeah if it wasn't a run oriented offense I probably would have played receiver or a scat back or something but uh played some some running back on o and defensive back on defense and i was kick returner on special team that's why you took that charge my friend that's why you took that charge <laughs> oh no i can't do it <laughs> i can't do it yeah. oh I listening to you, like one of the things that resonated with me and um, I'll see if I understand it correctly is that you see the kiddos that some would see as basically you see kiddos and you see yourself in those kiddos and want to make sure that they see themselves in an adult as well. Cause as kiddos, like it's really tough to identify who are your people and who are people who like really see you and who can like geek out on things that you find interesting can also introduce you to things that you were like oh snap I like this thing but didn't know that I'd also like this thing um am I right in 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 that assumption or that uh connection of like that's what sort of the thing that you as an educator is really uh you're looking to to be yeah I see the kids that school is not the easiest for them being there, forced to be there early, mm-hmm. having to, to concentrate on the academic aspects of things, being in situations that maybe are authoritarian and uh, they have some issues with authority and being kind of confined. I see those kids who struggle with that and I see myself in them and try to kind of help their transition to understand this is part of it and it's not always going to be this way and see the other aspects, the social aspects of being in school and, and how you grow from that. Cool, cool, cool. What is, would it be safe to say that that's been the thing that sort of like kept you in education? That Oh yeah. Okay. There those, those connections with those, with those types of kids and also learning from them. The, some of the kids I've had, they've, kept me current (laughs) (laughs) yep you know and then just seeing the shifts the paradigm shifts the more subtle ones and how each generation or each micro generation changes social effects it's it's been the connection and it's been also from like an intellectual standpoint the the cultural anthropology of things and how they're reflected in the school system and the kids coming up 
Can you can you speak on that a little bit? Because I have my own ideas, but I'd like to hear what what, you, what do you mean by that? The cultural anthropology. Oh man, I mean just seeing how trends change, the social media implications of those trends and the impact on them, how the kids' ideologies kind of shift. Uh, one tough thing I've had to wrap my head around this year is, and I'm not sure if it's the group of kids I had before lockdown, but they were exceptionally bright, exceptionally engaged in social and racial justice in a very sincere way. And we had conversations that were insightful and thoughtful and they were vulnerable. And I learned a thing or two from the conversations that I had with those kids. And fast forward to, to this year, and one theory I have, one theory I have is that we're all a little bit jaded from the promises of, of lockdown and quarantine and how things are gonna systemically change. And then uh, on top of that, I think just the saturation of it through social media, through corporate sponsorships and advertising, through just the prevalence of some of these hopes being commodified that kids now are seeing it more as a joke, ironically. And uh, that's been hard for me to try to navigate because uh, the conversations are are different really they're lacking there's no conversation it's kids joking about it laughing about it um weaponizing it without totally understanding it so we are we are on the same wavelength because that part there the the way certain phrases and things are being said and used. And then, oh, I was just joking, but not understanding, like, there are cert- the context should dictate, like, this is not a joking matter. This, isn't some- this, this material shouldn't be fodder for a joke. And I think you, you, you touched it right there of, like, the way things have been commodified in such a way of, like, thrown onto TikTok, thrown onto IG, thrown onto this other social media platform, and then it sort of dilutes the the essence, if you will. Yeah, that, oh, that's just something that so-and-so is just going to make a dance to, or they made a dance because of this. It's not like, no, those are lives. Lives have been lost, or lives have been affected by X, Y, or Z, and that it's not a, yeah, like a joking matter. So, okay. And I, I'd love to... I, and I, I guess when this episode airs, would love to hear like what the community thinks of that as well of, is this solely like small pocket for us here in LA or is this happening in middle America? Is this happening in the Southeast, Southwest? Um, yeah, or and not just here in the States or wherever this is being heard, like what's it like for for the, the, the young people that you're teaching? And we have predominantly you know, we, we teach kinder through eighth. So that's like, like you mentioned, like the microcosm of kiddos. Um, yeah. What's it like at the high school? What's it like at college? Uh, <laughs> um, I was about how contained this is because obviously we're in the bubble that we experience. Yeah. But uh, it's hard to, hard to understand 
if it's a larger issue a maker issue or if it's uh just specific to this this experience yeah at this community yeah and you have been doing this work for how long i've been at gcs for six years six years going okay. on, going on seven okay mm-hmm. all right so 2015 ish 2016 2015 i've had siblings and siblings and now i have the youngest siblings i've i've seen whole families come through gcs yeah. that that i remember being at a school similarly for it was seven or eight years and yeah that experience like that smile on your face i know that smile like yeah. my dude like i i may not know you however you are one of a lineage of, of folks and like i can see like your older brother, I can see your older cousin. Like, no, they're not exempted exactly you. However, because you're mixing with the same ingredients, you're like, oh, I see you. <laughs> or that thing that you think that you like that's originally yours, you're like, no, 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 no. I know that it was the older sister who who put you on to such and such. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a, a really dope feeling to be somewhere for long enough to see, like like you mentioned, like exactly. those micro. Yeah, yeah, those micro generations like you you mentioned. Like I, I like that because each year it is a different crop of kiddos. And even if it is, you know, older brother one year and then the next year is the younger brother, what that younger brother is going through is gonna be different than what the older brother had went through. Um and I can think of one pair of actually there are a couple pairs of siblings, but I know one where the older brother, um, and if I say his initials JO, you know who I'm talking about, where what he's going through. Um, and then his younger brother, like, I can see how the younger brother just has a little bit of lightness to him that the older brother doesn't have. The older brother seems to be a bit rougher, tougher. And it's just like, obviously you have seen and you are experiencing more, even if he is, you know, coming to the end of his middle school career, but it's just like, my guy, you have been, or excuse me, my boy, (laughs) because he's still a boy. Like you've seen and done a couple of things. And your younger brother hasn't gone through all of that. So he still has that so, sort of jovial, do-do-do-do-do, carefreeness. Um, and the older brother, like, is wanting to protect that. Like, he's like, let's, I want to make, and maybe this is just me projecting onto him as an older brother <laughs> who remembers that of like, yo, being a kid is dope. It is, if all the kids were like, I can't wait to be older, like, we all shuck and we're like, nah. You being a kid <laughs> is pretty fantastic, and not that knowing everything. A handful, yeah. That kid is a handful, but they are one of my favorite kids. Yeah, yeah. They are one of my favorite kids, for sure. Yeah. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! So, you haven't been at this for the amount of time that you've been at this. What would you like? And of course, you knowing you. And knowing like the 2014, 2015 version of you, if you could hop into the DeLorean, go back to the future and, and, and knowing like, look, knowing what we know now, we would love to like, just, just unload, yo, 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 do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. But if you could choose one or two things to say to your younger self, what would it be in terms of like, Hey, the work that you're doing or the work that you're about to get into what would be that something? Oh, there's, there's like a, 
whole canvas of things to reflect on when when we go back to the time machine of how to prep for the future. But you know, just I would tell my my younger self, it's work. It takes discipline to prepare for that work. It takes emotional preparation to take to be effective at this job, not only to create an impact on the kids, but to survive day to day. And uh, I still struggle with that. This year has been particularly tough, I feel, in a lot of ways, a shell of myself, because I've struggled with that this year. But the discipline it takes to come to work every day, emotionally ready, in the right headspace, I don't know. You you seem fantastic at it. You you've been doing it for a while now. You come consistent every day. I I still think about the conversation that we've had about being the sun, being reliable, being that constant. And uh, I've had to adapt to that this year in a way of being a sun that I haven't been used to in the past. But it's working for this year, and I'm I'm employing it, but. Uh, I tell my younger self it's it's not easy to just wing it and come to work every day unprepared emotionally.